everyone. Welcome to Chronicles of Curiosity. My name is Katie. And I'm Mason. And this week we are concluding the John Wayne Gacy series. If you haven't listened to parts one and two, I definitely recommend starting there before you continue on with this one, since this is the conclusion and you will miss the whole story. Yeah, you might be a little bit lost. <laughs> yeah, missing a few key uh, tidbits to the storyline. Um, but before we get into that, is there anything you've been curious about this week? Yes, um, but before I mention that, if you hear a bubbling sound, it's because I'm sipping on a LaCroix. <laughs> or sorry, an off-brand LaCroix. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a LaCroix snob. Yeah, I've, I've definitely talked about this before, how much yeah. I drink I think it was your topic water. one year, one yeah, episode. Definitely, probably pretty early on, too, because yeah. it's, yeah. Um, so my thing that I've been thinking about this week that I've been um, kind of considering is uh, free learning platforms. Oh. Yeah. It sounds like a start to a sponsor, but it's not. <laughs> uh, so I love learning about different things, random topics, biology, astronomy, math, whatever. You just love learning. Yeah. It's just, it's something that I enjoy. And it's it's funny because when I was in school, high school and in middle school, it I wasn't, I was just, I would consider myself pretty typical in that I liked some classes, I disliked other classes. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, just kind of after becoming an adult, you realize that you can focus your study and your interests on different things. Right. It's you choosing to learn right. and what you're learning and how you're learning it. And it's not for a test. Right. Exactly. Which makes all the difference. Yep. And that's a surprise to no one. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've utilized quite a few different like sources. So I would say the biggest one is just YouTube. Um, everybody uses YouTube for the most part and it's free. Yep. And there's so much content. Um, and it's really just about kind of how you use it, like what you're searching for. So I follow a couple of documentary channels, things like that. Um, another one that I've been using since the beginning of the year is Duolingo mm. for um, language learning. It's completely free. You can pay for it. And like most of these things, you can pay for it if you want to, but you don't need to. It's not required. Right, right. So I've been in taking, order to use it. I've been taking German courses since the beginning of the year, and it's been going great. And it, again, it's free and... You're about to say something. Right? I am. Can you say something in German for me? Say uh, good morning. Uh, good morgen. Can you say have a good day? Or something along those lines? I don't know what the German equivalent uh, of that is. Yeah, good day would just be like, guten tag. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that checks. Yeah. To, to literally say have a good day would be habe ein guter tag. But nobody it's says too many that. Words. Yeah, it's, it's too like, many words. It's just like. Just like good day. Yeah, good day. Or like, hey, how you doing? Or. Like, you know, Americans Good have morning, young sir. Americans have um, little like slang words and yeah. it's the same thing. So when you're learning like a foreign language, the one thing that you'll notice, uh, and even if you're taking it per, like in a classroom setting, you'll learn the formal structure of the language. And then you realize that nobody talks like that. Yes. It would be yes. like someone like a foreigner coming to the United States speaking English and, and using like super rigid speak. Right um speech speech yeah and and nobody nobody talks like that no so yeah so duolingo is a good one um coursera khan academy is another one mm. what's one of the there's this one youtube channel that you had gotten me into for a little while i don't remember what it was it was something about where it like broke down like historical uh major oh, points in history yeah, yeah, yeah oversimplified that's the one yeah it's great oversimplified he does, it's just one guy as far as i know and he does um uh, illustrated yeah. stories, but he puts his own like comical swing on it. It's one of those things that like you could see being played in a in a tenth grade history class or a ninth grade history class. But also, it's really enjoyable just to consume on its own. Yeah, it he, doesn't feel quite so dry and yeah, yeah. Bland. He, he mostly does um, like 
historical conflicts mm-hmm. is what he does mm-hmm. most of. Yeah. It's just really interesting. And I love people that take an interest like that and swing it to make it interesting and yes. kind of make a career out of it. Yes, I do too. They're yeah. like a sl- slightly modernized version of historical things like Shakespeare and things like that. Like just to make it more, what's the word I'm looking for? More tangible? Palatable. No, palatable. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Make it a little bit easier to, to absorb. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's that's what I've been thinking about this week and honestly the last couple of weeks here. Um, just kind of appreciating the free assets. And of course, I talked about like libraries and stuff mm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another great source is uh, Libby or Hoopla. If if you're not already using those, you should be because it's completely free. Yeah, you just uh, link your library account. We both use it frequently, yeah. like on a consistent basis. Yeah, you can rent uh, audiobooks, you can rent ebooks, you can rent movies, yeah. you can rent shows. And I found Hoopla to be, I use Hoopla more than I use Libby because Libby is just audiobooks and ebooks which is great because then you can like if you have like a like an e-reader of any kind like a kindle or anything you can send the ebooks to your kindle or other device and read it on there yeah but with hoopla i don't think you can i don't know i haven't looked into it but i, I mostly do audiobooks so yes I, yeah. that's what i've been doing too and that's what i like like i feel like hoopla has a little bit more options than libby tends to mm-hmm. and hoopla you hoopla has like um audiobooks ebooks movies music excuse me, TV shows, right? Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. 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 They, it has, yeah, it has I like like Hoopla. everything. It And it works really well. And again, it's free and it just links to your library account. Yeah. So, so as long as you have a library card, which is, which also, is free. also free. <laughs> yeah. Just like if you don't have one, just go to whatever your local public library is and ask. Um, librarians are super, super helpful. They're 99% of the time really kind. Um, and they, I mean, they work at the library. Like they want it to be utilized as much as possible. So if you're going and you're interested in learning or you want to uh, intake something from the library, they're all over it. They're so supportive of that. So we're always hyping up public libraries, especially since we've moved. There's so many public libraries in Charlotte. It's insane. Yeah, there's a lot. We went yesterday and there's like 12 branches to choose from. We used to have one, like one major. Yeah, one one branch in in each like yeah. town county probably yeah no was, not really no, no, county. No, there might no, be a couple. just towns but uh yeah so we got to figure out our favorite one um but it's cool because they like pass the books all around from the different branches so yeah yeah is there anything you've been curious about this week so i had a topic and i'm changing it on the fly because i can't stop thinking about okay again this is not like a sponsored thing but mason and i have signed up for the panera sip Club oh yeah thing. the panera sip club so you get two free months yeah so we're like testing it out for two months for free and um <clears throat> i don't know how much it is otherwise you have to i think it's like 15 a month okay and it's a, like subscription and it's like you pay 15 or whatever it is and then you can get unlimited free drinks like you just like even with the the membership that's like the first two months free i've been taking my own cup because i like insulated cold drinks you just walk in walk right past the front counter nobody even looks up and i'm not saying don't do this if you haven't signed up for the sip club (laughs) don't just walk in all willy-nilly stealing from your local panera i mean it's a big chain they're probably doing okay they wouldn't even notice but still I've really been liking the um, supercharged lemonades, and those are the ones that they, if you get a bigger size of it, I think they have to warn you legally because there's so much caffeine in it 
but they taste so good. Yeah, you can suck those down in about three seconds. They're and then so you'll be awake good. For the next twenty hours. Yeah, my favorite is the uh, strawberry lemon mint, which my my favorite originally was the Fuji apple cranberry, but then a friend of mine told me I've got to try the strawberry lemon mint, and now I it is so good. It's so good. Another one is like a mango yuzu something. That one's okay. Um, mango leaves kind of a funny taste in my mouth, so I don't typically go for mango things. But the strawberry lemon mint is so fresh, and it's just a yummy, like, refreshing summer drink. But it's also caffeinating, which is really beneficial for someone who is tired all the time. So yeah. that's yeah. my that's my curious thing. Not really curious, just something I've been thinking about. Well, speaking of being tired all the time, last night I slept for... Uh, 13 hours yes not straight i woke up a couple times he thought he was getting sick and i think i i think Are i probably still, still uh, yeah oh. i think i probably still am but i think that really helped kind of stave it off a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah sometimes you just need to sleep for like 13 hours straight yeah and it feels, i guess it feels great when you do but so basically i'm ready to go i'm charged yeah. up for the day <laughs> i'm i'm still looking a little i'm still looking yeah. a little sleepy i we're, think we're recording in the morning um, yeah so I know most people don't listen to this in the morning. Some of you might on your like your morning commute, your morning but commute. this is when we record, and uh, for better or for worse, <laughs> yeah, yeah. here we are. Right, you get what you get. Let's jump into it. All righty. So to recap, Gacy has committed thirty-three known murders, and he has buried twenty-nine bodies beneath his home or in the floor of his garage, or elsewhere on his property. He has then thrown four other victims off of the I-55 bridge into the Des Plaines River, although he says it was five, but the fifth victim was never found. It is December 20th, 1978. Gacy is currently at his lawyer's office at a scheduled meeting and has just pointed to a photo of missing 15-year-old Robert Peast and said, quote, this boy is dead. He's dead. He's in a river, end quote. Following this statement, Gacy spent hours drunkenly confessing all of his crimes to his lawyer, Sam Amaranti. He began these confessions by saying he had, quote, been the judge, jury, and executioner for many, many people, end quote, and now wanted to do the same for himself. Who do you think you are? He's saying that he's ready to kind of admit to his crimes and I guess, but why does he feel that he's been the judge, jury, and executioner for other people? Like, these were, as far as we are aware, these were completely innocent people. Well, I think what he means is that he, he was the person that kind of held the power over whether or not they lived. I guess. But it also, to me, sounds like he felt like he was condemning them in a way, or like he thought they were bad people for some reason or another, which I think is kind of shitty. But I definitely get um, narcissistic vibes from him. Yeah. For sure. Aren't most serial killers, don't they have some sort of narcissistic tendencies? Or is that just projection? I'm not sure. It it seems like... I'm not sure. I, I know... At least one aspect of it. A lot of serial killers enjoy seeing themselves in the news and hearing mm. about the crimes they committed. And a big part of it is they know what they've done, but other people don't. It's kind of that like double that life power thrill of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ew. Anyway, uh, he had dismissed his victims as, quote, male prostitutes, hustlers, and liars, end quote. And added that he sometimes woke up to find, quote, dead strangled kids, end quote, with their hands cuffed behind their backs. Holy shit. So is he saying that he's helping the world out by that's cleansing kind of, of these people? That's kind of how it sounds, which is, um, that's a mission-oriented killer where they think they're, like, driven by some kind of higher power to cleanse the world of some type of group of people that they think are less than or bad or... Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's messed up. 
Um, and on top of that, he buried their bodies beneath his home as he believed they were his property. Which what? That's just... <sighs> I mean, it, it, the alternative would be him taking it to like a public location or an unknown, unknown location like in the woods, but he's kind of almost claiming these bodies as his own. I guess, which feels really gross. Mm, like a, All of this is gross. Like a deer head that you'd put on the wall. Lots of people do that. Oh I, well, no, I'm not. I'm not comparing oh. people hunting deer to murder. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm saying I that's like, I don't know. no, no, no. I'm saying that's how John Wayne Gacy viewed it. I'm not oh. saying that these the people who hunt and display their animals are wrong. I'm saying he's okay. wrong for comparing it to okay. that. Okay, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. better. I was like, um, that's a hot take. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway. Um. So due to the fact that Gacy had been consistently drinking while making these confessions. Um, whiskey, if you're wondering. And it was the middle of the night. He fell asleep partway through this meeting. While Gacy was asleep, Amaranti arranged a psychiatric appointment for Gacy ASAP. When Gacy woke up several hours later, Amaranti told him he had confessed to killing approximately 30 people, but Gacy shook his head and said, quote, well, I can't think about this right now. I've got things to do, end, end quote. <laughs> also, he was completely hungover. Blasted, yeah. Uh, despite his lawyer's advice to stick around for the evaluation, Gacy left to attend to his business. Gacy later recalled this final day of freedom as, quote, hazy. He knew he had been caught, so it was only a matter of time before he was arrested and charged. He simply intended to visit his friends and say his goodbyes. If only the innocent people he murdered had time to do that before he killed them. Oh, yeah. Right? As Gacy drove around that morning, police put together the formal draft of their second search warrant, specifically to search the crawl space of Gacy's home for the body of Robert Peast, as they don't yet they don't know yet about all the other victims down there. They only know Robert Peast is missing, Gacy was around, there's something weird happening there. Um, so, sidebar, the police knew about the crawl space because two employees of Gacy's named Michael Rossi and David Cram had been interviewed by the police and had mentioned spreading 10 bags of lime in the crawl space of Gacy's home in the summer of 1977, along with having been asked to dig trenches in the crawl space. Rossi had also remarked on Gacy's insistence that he be sure not to stray from where he was instructed to dig. Hmm, that's suspicious. Yeah, that is suspicious. But also, there's a lot, that's a lot of like trust for Gacy to just let somebody down there. Yeah. Also, I mean, he was an arrogant piece of shit do so. we know what lime does like what was he trying to accomplish was he just reinforcing the crawl space was he trying to wash it out i'm not really i think i think it was um to kind of like i don't know actually let me look that up because i i'm pretty sure it's it's kind of like to reinforce the it's just another layer like more than dirt to kind of cover it up hmm. so i'm just reading straight off of google here um from remodelista Modelista. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, lime wash is a type of paint that is made from a mixture of slacked lime, water, and natural pigments. It has been used for centuries to create a soft matte finish on walls and has a unique chalky appearance. So he's probably just like trying to finish it and, and coat the walls. Maybe it has some like waterproofing qualities, something like that, prevent mm. from mold and mildew. It's probably something that's common with crawl spaces. Oh. But still, I stand by the fact that it's very trusting of him to, to let his employees do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, I'm not really sure at that point how many berries were, how many bodies were buried down there. <laughs> how many berries were bodied? Exactly. Body, yaddy, um, yaddy, yaddy. I don't know how many were buried down there at that point, but I mean, that's why, I mean, he probably like had them in the complete opposite end of where the bodies were, if I were to guess. Makes sense. 
So anyway, back to Gacy has just left his lawyer's house. He's got places to be people to see before he owns up to his crimes. The first stop Gacy made was at a gas station where he gave an attendant a bag of cannabis who immediately passed it over to surveillance officers who were trailing Gacy and told them Gacy had said, quote, the end is coming. These guys are going to kill me, end quote. After this, he drove to the home of a fellow contractor friend of his named Ronald Rode. When Gacy got to the house, he hugged his friend and burst into tears saying, quote, I've been a bad boy. I killed 30 people, give or take a few, end quote. I feel like... I feel like I bet a bad boy kind of minimizes <laughs> the next sentence there. Like if you went up to a friend and were like, I've been a bad person. It'd be like, I'd be like, whoa, man, buddy. Whoa, hold on. Hold yeah, on. I like don't... If so- well, someone says I've been a bad person. You're like, oh, what'd you do? Did you run a red light? Did you hit a cat? Yeah. Not I've killed 30 people, give or take a few. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sh- get get out of my house, please. Yeah. Okay. Back the fuck up. Anyway, after that, he left going to the home of David Cram to meet with Cram and Michael Rossi. Some people do believe that, that that David and Michael were Gacy's accomplices, as they were two employees that he never killed, although he did try to sexually assault David Cram many years before, but that didn't seem to affect their relationship at all. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So some people do suspect that, but I didn't really find much evidence supporting it i've heard the accomplice theory before and um from what i understand it's just there's not really enough to back it up right if that were the case it might be one of those things where we'll never know right yeah yeah that's very true especially as time goes on and evidence gets harder to find and these people get older Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but detectives that were surveilling gacy noticed that he was holding a rosary to his chin and praying while he was on the way to cram and rossi After talking with the two men, Gacy had David Cram drive him to Mary Hill Cemetery, which is where his father was buried. And if you're wondering, his mother is still alive at this time. His mother passed away in, I think, 1989. Um, I looked it up because there was no further discussion about him and his mom past childhood. And it seemed like he was really close with his mom. So I was curious about it. So she is still alive. It didn't say that he went and visited her, which I thought was kind of interesting. But yeah whatever she probably and i don't say this like in a joking way she probably wishes she was dead like at this uh, point yeah she would have probably rather not had to you know yeah yeah that's a real possibility um so there had been detectives surveilling gacy because they suspected him of being a dirty nasty criminal of course being a bad boy being a bad boy and because of gacy's erratic behavior they alerted the police suspecting he may be planning to take his own life On hearing this, police decided to arrest him for possession and distribution of cannabis just to get him in custody so they could kind of keep an eye on him while they waited for the second search warrant to be approved. At 4.30 p.m. on December 21st, the search warrant was granted. And this is the second search warrant. This is specifically to search the crawl space for Robert Peast because at this point, he is the only one they know about thinking that That he might be the only victim. Yeah. Gacy was informed of the search warrant by police and was told they just intended to search the crawl space for Peast. He told them the teenager was not buried there, but he did confess to having killed a young man in self-defense and buried the body beneath his garage. Why he did not just admit to the insanity in the crawl space is beyond me, but I suspect he was just ignorant enough to hope they didn't find things and maybe he had successfully covered his own ass. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. He was wrong. He was wrong. 
Armed with a signed search warrant, police and evidence technicians headed to Gacy's home. When they arrived, they found Gacy had unplugged his sump pump, which flooded the crawlspace with water. They replaced the plug and waited for the water to drain. Once the water had drained, technician Daniel Genty entered the 28 by 38 foot crawlspace and started digging in the southwest area. Within minutes, he uncovered putrefied flesh and a human arm bone. Genty shouted to the investigators that they could charge Gacy with murder, adding, quote, I think this place is full of kids. Oh, end quote. yeah. And he's not talking about like a McDonald's play place. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, he is not. Yeah. No, he is not at all. Technicians found human remains and various bones in all corners of the space, but knew right away that these remains were too decomposed to be Robert Peast, who had only just gone missing 10 days earlier. While excavating the crime scene, technicians discovered some of the graves had second layers, meaning he had dug a deeper hole, buried one victim and covered it up, then later buried another victim on top of the dirt covering a prior victim's body. So like double, like bunk bed graves, Doubling basically. Doubling up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is what ancient Europeans did. Oh, when yeah. there were too many dead from the, the plague or, or, you know, from various wars. Just kind of throw them in a, throw them in a pit. Yeah. Well, this was... Um, he wasn't necessarily just tossing them in a pit. Like, they were buried, but they weren't... Quote-unquote buried. Yeah, but these weren't... Yeah. I'm not saying these were, like, nice, respectful graves. Nothing about this is respectful, of course. Yeah. Can you imagine, though? I mean, like, I know it's a bit of a reach to imagine being a crime scene tech, but, like, when watching CSI, I kind of always, like, put myself in the shoes of the technicians and being like, what would that be like? So, like, put yourself in the shoes of these technicians for a second. Just imagine you have just uncovered a burial ground beneath someone's home. Like, bones freaking everywhere. Yeah. And as you're slowly and, like, gently working to uncover everything without destroying evidence, you dig a little deeper and you find a whole other skeleton beneath the one that you just removed. I have two thoughts about that. One is that, yeah, it'd be horrific. And I'm guessing he probably didn't eat for a couple days or for at least a day. He probably didn't really want to talk about it. Maybe had some psychological help. Yeah. But also, if you're a crime scene technician... That's rough. I mean, if you're in criminal justice at all, you have to, at some point, have uh, a talk with yourself <laughs> in that yeah. you're going to see some wild shit and you're yeah. going to experience some crazy stuff. And uh, I mean, I would consider that along the same lines as, as being like um, a surgeon. If you know you're yeah. going to be working in like a trauma center or ER or intensive care, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting what into. you're getting yourself into. And but, you know, at, at a certain point maybe you're kind of putting that aside and saying, you know what, I'm going to be helping people by doing this. I'm going to be helping close cases, which mm-hmm. is more important than my own mental well-being in some cases. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But like, how do you but, just go home yeah. and have dinner and like sit and watch TV after a day of work like that? Yeah, like, you're that right. has got to be... How was work, honey? Yeah. You know, yeah, you... same old, same old. Yeah, right? You can't just be like... Like, Another day in the office. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> so after Gacy was informed of the remains found beneath his home and was notified of the impending murder charges, he told officers he wanted to, quote, clear the air. So in the presence of lawyers and investigators, Gacy made a formal statement confessing to having murdered approximately 30 young males, all of whom he claimed had entered his home willingly. He called some victims by by name, but others he couldn't remember the name or didn't even know it to begin with. He claimed all of the victims were teenage runaways or male prostitutes, which I feel like shows a little bit of the side of that mission-oriented killers that we were talking about. Like where he feels like he's um, like cleaning society or some bullshit like that. 
So Gacy claimed he only dug five of the victims' graves in his crawl space and had gotten employees to dig the remaining trenches so he would, quote, have graves available, end quote. I mean, he got it future-proof. Yeah, but, like, that means he's, like, he knows he's going to keep going. Like, he's he's planning ahead. At 30, after you hit 30, I don't think it matters if it's premeditated or not. Yeah. They definitely, I don't know, this will come back up later. Sort of, kind of. Um, so one of these victims was Gregory Godzik, who literally dug his own grave. And part of me wonders if he had any suspicions at all, or if he fully trusted Gacy and didn't think anything unusual was going on there. So, I mean, like in the, in the timeline, there were definitely already people buried down there. So I'm guessing he was, Gacy was quite strict with young Gregory, um, about like location of where he could dig and where he absolutely could not. Right. But I wonder if you told him like, oh, there's a power line under there. Oh, that's where my water main is. Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That'd be a good cover, I guess. <laughs> if it's the same person going back to dig all the holes, it's like, man, you got water lines running everywhere. This yeah. is crazy. They keep putting more in or what is this? <laughs> uh, shit? It's my heated flooring. <laughs> in the crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how construction works. I've never built anything. <laughs> no, no. Um, and ha- I mean, have you seen pictures of this crawl space? I have. Yeah. It's like yeah. fully, like it is, it is dirt and two by fours. Yeah. It is not meant, it's not a basement. It's a crawl space. It's, it's exactly a crawl space. It's a crawl, crawl, crawl space. space. It's yeah. not, it's not a finished anything. Yeah. So Gacy actually also claimed he had planned to further conceal these graves by covering the entire space with concrete like a month later. So, and he, so, which means he got caught a month before he planned to do all of that. So that definitely would have complicated investigations. Yeah, yeah, it would have, it would have at least stretched out the timeline a little bit significantly. It would have made it much much harder to locate the the bodies. When police questioned Gacy about Robert Peast, who is the young man from the Nissen Pharmacy and Gacy's last victim, Gacy confessed to luring Robert to his home and strangling him that same night. Night. He also admitted to having slept beside Peast's body that evening, which is. That's something to have happened. Yeah. But remember when he was working at that uh, mortuary and he was living there as well in a cot, like behind the um, whatever the room where they do the body things. The morgue. Yes, thank you. And um, he woke up in the night and was like inside the coffin next to a dead young man. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That's when he said he blacked out. He didn't know what yeah, happened. He, yeah, he quote unquote black, yeah. blacked out. So he's going back to his roots here. Kind of. He's going back to what? I guess. What gave him the inspiration. Uh, um, He would later dispose of Peace's body by tossing it over the I-55 bridge into the Des Plaines River. It was after disposing of the body that Gacy got into a minor car accident. And that's when he showed up at the police station at 3 a.m. wearing yeah. the mud suit. Okay. Um, he, it was just a minor accident. He like slid off the road or something and had to be towed out. So we've all been there. Have we? Yeah, I have. Have you? Uh, I don't think so. We haven't all been there. No, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I forget to include myself and we all do you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so escorted by police, his lawyers and oddly enough, his older sister, Joanne, Gacy was taken to the I-55 bridge to show the precise location where he had thrown various victims into the Des Plaines River. He was then taken to his home to show investigators where in his garage floor he had buried John Butkovich, which was, I think, victim number two. And that was um, the one that he claimed he had killed in self-defense. 
Um, so they, they had him go in with like orange spray paint and show whereabouts in the garage floor he had buried Bukovic. To help with the search and investigation, Gacy also drew a, just a rough diagram of approximately where he had buried the victims in his home, which is what we posted with episode two or uh, part two of this series on our Instagram. Um, so if you want to see, I think we did Gacy's outline as well as the police one. I believe so. Yeah. So you can see his rough drawing and then the slightly more sophisticated police drawing that shows like a bird's eye view of the layout of the house with whereabouts the bodies were buried. Investigators would find 26 bodies in the crawl space with three more found elsewhere on the property. So moving on to the trial, February 6th, 1980, Gacy was brought to trial in Cook County, Illinois. Per the request of his defense team, Gacy spent over 300 hours at the Menard Correctional Center with doctors in the year before his trial. He underwent varying psychological tests to determine whether he was mentally competent to stand trial. Gacy had tried his best to convince the doctors he had multiple personality disorder, claiming he had four different personalities. One, the hardworking contractor. Two, the clown. Literally, the clown. Uh, three, the active politician. Okay. Oh, because of his group, his group, his little yeah. club. Yeah, yeah. The what was yeah. it? The the JJs or the Js or the JCs? The JCs. The JCs. And then the fourth one was a policeman named Jack Hanley, who he called "quote unquote" Bad Jack. Okay. Gacy claimed that when he was confessing his crimes, he was relaying the crimes of Bad Jack, who detested homosexuality and viewed male sex workers as "quote weak, stupid, and degraded scum." End quote. Well, if you're gonna kill him, at least compliment him, Jesus. Well, a little late for that. Uh, his lawyers opted to have Gacy plead not guilty by reason of insanity. In his opening statement, one of Gacy's lawyers, Robert Mata, stated, quote, The insanity defense has been looked upon as an escape, a defense of last resort. The defense of insanity is valid, and it is the only defense that we could use here, because that is where the truth lies. Because if he is normal, then our concept of, norm- of normality is totally disordered. Distorted. All end right. quote. I mean, I agree with that. Oops. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just hit my microphone in my, in my big-ass nose. Um, I agree with that, but at the same time, if you're going to use that defense, every criminal should be put on leave by order of insanity. Yeah. Because by definition, any act that goes against the social norm Mm -hmm. and is also against a a pre-established law would be insanity or would be some version of that. Yeah. Mata presented Gacy as a kind of Jekyll and Hyde character and produced three different psychiatric experts at the trial who testified they had found Gacy to be a paranoid schizophrenic with multiple personalities. The prosecutors, on the other hand, presented the case that Gacy was completely sane and was fully aware of and in control of his actions at the time of the murders. To support these claims, they brought forth several witnesses who testified to Gacy's actions having been premeditated and discussed the efforts he had taken to escape detection and arrest, which if he's having these quote unquote trenches dug ahead of time so that he had graves available, to me, that's premeditation. Right. Like, how do you debate that? Yeah. He said that he wanted to have graves available. That's premeditation. So, to support these claims, they brought forth several witnesses who testified to Gacy's actions having been premeditated and discussed the efforts he had taken to escape detection and arrest. In the end, on March 12, 1979, after one hour and 50 minutes of deliberation, the jury found John Wayne Gacy guilty of 33 charges of murder. 
He was also found guilty of sexual assault and taking indecent liberties with a child, both charges in reference to Robert Peast. At the time, this was the most murders any one person in U.S. history had been convicted of. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't realize that at the time. Yep. That was, yeah. Yeah. Also, just under two hours is not a significant amount of time for deliberation, right? No, it is not. Okay. No. It's not the shortest amount of time of deliberation. Like, it's kind of longer than I would expect, but I wasn't on the jury, so. If you were, and this is completely just your own perspective, if, if, if I were a jury for a trial like this, I would almost, like, you know, you go into the juror's room or whatever it's called, the chamber, and you discuss and everybody within 15 minutes agrees that, yeah, he's guilty. We need to prosecute. Yeah. I would hang out and have some coffee and donuts to make it look like we were really hashing it out in there. Cause, you think so? Uh, yeah. I think as a jury member, you don't want to appear to come to an, a conclusion too soon because that gives the impression that you, you either weren't taking it seriously or you weren't, you didn't consider all the sides. I don't feel like that makes it look like you take it too seriously because in my mind, like I would be kind of determining it in my head throughout the whole trial, you know? So like by the time it concluded, I would intend to already have a decision made personally. I can't speak for other people on the jury with me yeah. and if there would be like any kind of disagreeing, but. I, that, I mean, like say I was taking like a test or something and I thought it was really easy and I finished it very quickly. I probably wouldn't be the person to like run up and turn it in. Yeah, that afterwards. looks bad. I would, yeah, I would probably I hang you. out for a little bit. Um, but we might be disqualifying ourselves from any jury duty in the future, which wouldn't that be horrible? That That's would real be terrible. just the worst. <laughs> jury duty is no good. Um, they still had to determine Gacy's sentencing, though. So after a further two hours of deliberation, which I'm kind of guessing was on a different day, I don't think they typically do the sentencing on the exact same day. Yeah, they usually wait a bit. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. So anyway, after a further two hours of deliberation, the jury sentenced Gacy to death for each murder committed. His execution was set for June 2nd, 1980. Gacy was transferred to the Menard Correctional Center, which is where he was for about a year before um, the trial, getting like evaluations and stuff. Uh, He remained on death row for 14 years. Hmm. So his execution was set for June 2nd, 1980. It did not happen on June 2nd, 1980. But while he was on death row, he found a love of painting to fill his free time. Created works in the likeness of Elvis Presley, Adolf Hitler, the Seven Dwarfs from Snow White. He did this one painting of uh, Jesus Christ. It's horrifying. Uh, He even did a work of himself as Pogo the Clown. And he also painted an image of his house, which emphasized the crawl space. Which I really want to know more about that from a from a psychological perspective Hmm, you know what i mean like a psychologist or like someone that so hey if any of you uh have that perspective or that input please let me know because i'm really curious about like why he would paint an image of his house emphasizing the crawl space like is that him accepting or being proud of his work or i don't know like what is that what would you think um, I would consider it part of acceptance of I think it's him being proud of it. Proud of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that argument, too. I'm assuming he's probably working with psychiatrists in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how common that was back then, but I know now it's a lot more common. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, but the other side of me morbidly wonders where those paintings ended up. Um, they have been sold for many, many dollars. Oh, yeah, I can. Um, I didn't read into it a ton, but what I skimmed was saying something about how they had like an exhibit of a bunch of his works, but they didn't want the money going anywhere towards him or what he did. So I think it might have gone towards like the victim's families or something. I hope. Um, but again, I just skimmed it. I don't know that for sure. So take my word with a grain of salt there. I am familiar with an auction that takes place and uh, it's an online auction now, I think, since since pandemic. Mm. But um, it's uh, basically like a dark, dark enthusiast auction where you can buy paraphernalia from different serial killers. Typically, it is older. So you might see things from the 40s, 50s and 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't see something from like BTK. Oh, um, probably out of just respect because it, it was so recent. They yeah. don't necessarily want to bring that up, you know, yes. but that is a thing. So if anyone, if mm. anybody listening is curious, that is, yeah, you can look into it yourself. I think it's, um, I saw something about, I think it was called murderabilia. Yeah. Like, like memorabilia yeah. of murders and stuff like that. Yeah. I stumbled upon that wording. Um, so anyway, on the morning of May 9th, 1994, he was convicted in 1980, nope, 1979, excuse me. So May 9th, 1994, Gacy was transported to Stateville Correctional Center to be executed. Later that day, he was allowed a private picnic on uh, prison grounds with his family. For his last meal, Gacy requested a bucket of KFC, a dozen fried shrimp, french fries, fresh strawberries, and a Diet Coke. At 12.58 a.m. on May 10th, 1994, Gacy's death was confirmed. His brain was removed and is in the possession of Helen Morrison, who is a forensic psychiatrist who interviewed Gacy and other serial serial killers in an attempt to isolate common personality traits of violent sociopaths, and his body was cremated. Only 28 of his victims have been identified conclusively, leaving five men completely unknown to investigators. I can't help but think about the families of these men who knew nothing other than my brother Jimmy went out to California back in 75 and we never heard from him again. You know, something like that. Like, yeah. that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And they, they just would have absolutely no way of connecting it. Yeah. Yep. So I'd love to see the remaining five victims identified with all of the scientific advancements we've seen over the last 40 something years. But I know they're still working on it. In um, 2011, a couple more were identified and I did add them to the um, the list of victims in part two yeah that concludes the john wayne gacy series i hope you have enjoyed learning about this uh sociopath he was a terrible piece of shit but i hope you learned something i don't know what that might be but here are some of my sources for today's episode if you are interested um most of them are books um so first one is buried dreams inside the mind of a serial killer by tim cahill Killer Clown, The John Wayne Gacy Murders by Terry Sullivan and Peter T. Macon. John Wayne Gacy, Defending a Monster by Sam L. Amaranti and Danny Broderick, which if you recall, Sam Amaranti was Gacy's lawyer. Yeah. So I yeah. might I might like genuinely have to read that book. That's To me, that's very interesting to get it from his perspective because he's literally the person that Gacy first confessed to. Yeah. Yep. Um, and last one is The New Evil, Understanding the Emergence of Modern Violent Crime by Michael Stone and Gary Brucato. So that is all I have for you all today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Have a great day. Great week. 
stay curious. Uh, try not to get murdered out there. And maybe skip KFC if you were going to go today. Maybe don't do KFC. Give it like two days. Yeah. All right, y'all. We love you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.